posture of your thoughts, gentlemen, when you say you move your lips in a particular way? You're not seeing how haphazard this audit is. The devil is in the detail. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a cover-up. There will be plenty of time for questions. And we won't get answers unless we talk to the next guy. That is Tom Korski, who is, of course, managing editor over at Black Locks Reporting. Good to have you, sir. Lots going on today. Thank you, Alex. We're into the financial phase of uh, this inquiry here, and I think this is where we start to get into some really interesting stuff, including comments you found in uh, documents presented about Finance Minister Christian Freeland telling the secret cabinet meeting when it comes to Canadian bank accounts that are frozen under the Emergencies Act, well, they should be denied their money until they first report to police. And the bank, the banks were all too happy to oblige because that's that's how this country works. Absolutely. Uh, uh, creepily so. This is uh, minutes of a, as you mentioned, a confidential cabinet meeting. Uh, we only know these documents uh, because they were disclosed to the Public Order Emergency Commission. And, and and what do they say? Finance Minister Freeland goes into a meeting and she says, you know, I've been talking to the big bosses over at the chartered banks, the chief executive officers, and I think it would be a neat idea if anyone who had their account frozen, these are not people charged or convicted with any crime. These people, before they get their money, their money, they have to drop by the local precinct and explain themselves to police. And as you mentioned, she happily reports to Cabinet. Unfortunately, yeah. we don't see Minister's reaction because it's censored. The banks loved it. Banks were pleased, quote-unquote, wrote, wrote the uh, transcriptionist. Unbelievable, Alex. We don't do that with Paul Bernardo or Nazi fugitives. She used the anti-terrorism financing law to freeze accounts, and that, I'm with you, is one of the great, far-reaching, and unknown stories of this uh, crackdown so far. Yeah, I think ultimately this may be uh, the more of the troubling um, things for, for Christian Freeland to explain because it was a presumption of guilty, and that is not how this country is supposed to work, but that a financial institution could just go along with it. it is compl- I don't care if it's 200 accounts. I don't care if it's one account. It is completely outrageous. It should be seen as outrageous. Credit Union Central told uh, parliamentary hearings they had millions withdrawn by panic depositors who had yeah. nothing to do with the Freedom Convoy, but woke up in the morning and discovered that uh, Minister Freeland can freeze your assets if she feels like it. There were bankers on the Senate Banking Committee who expressed alarm. Uh, one uh, Senator Gignon, who was former chief economist with the National Bank, said, this is so far-reaching, you don't know what you're doing. What signal does that send? Uh, I- I'm with you 100%, very damning. Yeah, and then today, I mean, look, we've already learned from the police forces that none of them needed emergency powers. And then uh, I know you caught Brenda Lucky's testimony. She doesn't know her head from her her hind end. Um, again, how she keeps her job, I guess, is I just, I, I'm just saying. I just I watched her. I'm like, what? You don't like she knew up front that, that Ottawa police. And I think it's pretty telling. She knew the Ottawa police had a plan to deal with. They finally got their act together and had a plan. And she didn't bother to go to the prime minister who she knew was going to table the emergency act, say anything. Just, oh, I didn't, and she said, I didn't think about it. Yeah, Bre- Brenda is, uh, she's, <laughs> she's special. <laughs> what, can you, what can you say? I mean, it's, it's everyone knows what's going to happen to Commissioner Lucky, except Commissioner Lucky. 38 million Canadians know what her future is, except her. It's fascinating.
Yeah, don't you feel safer in her hands? And, and nonetheless, today's a big day, though, too, because we've got Trudeau's national security advisor. Um, so again, I'm not sure what he'll he'll say, but maybe he'll contradict everybody else with the, the need for this. Oh, that, that's actually going to be fascinating, and it's important. Her name is Jody Thomas, national security advisor to the prime minister of a G7 country. Zero background in policing or security. Where did Ms. Thomas come from, you ask? She used to be commissioner of the Coast Guard. Are you kidding me? <laughs> she was the national security advisor. You still have a Coast Guard? Honestly, within minutes of the prime minister arranging a teleconference with premiers to announce he was invoking the Emergencies Act, which seven provinces opposed, uh, the National Security Advisor Thomas is sending around staff emails, and forgive my crudity, she's almost wetting her pants. Democracy's up against the wall, they have weapons, can't you see what's happening in the streets? It is one of the most panicked, berserk, and almost deranged staff emails I've ever seen, and that's saying something. Her testimony under oath is going to be fascinating. Yeah, well, we'll we'll say um, story unwritten yet, so I'll look forward to hearing it. Um, moving on to a couple other things, because you guys keep chipping away from this, and when and I'm terrified to follow the dollar at this point, because every time I talk to you, there's another few billions missing, but we're talking about mistaken payments of these $2,000 CERB payments that were supposed to go to those who need it most, and $5.3 billion um, you know, went to bogus payouts, and, and this is so far the largest sum we know of, albeit it's certainly not going to be the last. Absolutely not. You're you're right. It is about. Am I the only one who didn't get money, Tong? Like I'm pretty sure at this point, you Uh, and me might be it. Five point three billion went out the door. What was really interesting in uh, now we see documents from the Department of Employment and Canada Revenue Agency is about almost a third. They count twenty eight percent of claimants got these uh, CERB checks that, of course didn't deserve them. They were they were fraudulent or fake applications. It never made sense. This was a program Parliament budgeted at $24 billion, was supposed to have jo- jobless taxpayers who were right up against the wall facing eviction or foreclosure. $24 billion. Final cost, over 80. Three times as many people claimed those checks as there were unemployed people in Canada. It never added up. One of the great second only to the wage subsidy for insolvent companies that you and I discussed, one of Mm -hmm. the great boondoggles of all time. I can't imagine why inflation's high. It's Ukraine's fault. Meanwhile, um, Chinese Canadians, I think this is fascinating given where we are with the state of our relationship with China. So the Privy Council does internal polling and Chinese Canadians, this is Chinese Canadians are saying that we need to stand up to the Communist Party, even if it worsens relations, because they're not doing enough to speak out against the humanity, human rights issues. Um, but also, like the citizens of um, you know Chinese communities across this country, they are being directly targeted. So for them to be speaking up and saying do something, I think uh, it should not and cannot be ignored. Absolutely fascinating. You're right. Internal polling by the Privy Council office—that's the top of the bureaucracy. It's fascinating that, number one, they would poll only Chinese Canadians on this question. And it's almost like they were looking for a specific answer. And if they'd known better, who knows more 
about the atrocities and abuses back in the motherland than Chinese Canadians who have family still in the motherland. And mm-hmm. that's exactly what the Chinese community said. Not interested in closer ties with the People's Republic. Can you imagine what a shocker that was for the bureaucrats at the, at the Privy Council office? Not interested in going easy. Stand up, quote unquote, they said, on human rights, even if it means you're going to have worsening relationships. Do the job. That was a, one of the most unmistakable messages from an emigrate community. Absolutely predictable. Yeah, well, you you and I, we're seeing it. There's a totally different tone change uh, from the Prime Minister on China. And um, they can try to sell this meeting he had as a kind of Trudeau standing up to uh, President Xi. But very much, um, you know, he may have been trying to pander, I think, to domestic audiences here. But he's been put in his place uh, with a threat to boot on that thing. So that's... Uh, Interesting, the well, change of tone with his... I, I hope he comes home and introduces a Foreign Agents Registration Act, which uh, MPs and senators nice. have called for. And that means if you're working for China, you get your name on a list and they put it on their website. Let's go. If this is a new era, let's go on transparency and accountability. What's the problem with it? I don't see a problem with it. I mean, hey, it's probably <laughs> the easiest thing they can do. All right, Tom, thanks so much. Thank you, Alex. That is Tom Korski. He is, of course, with Black Locks Reporters, subscription-based always delivers.